What is up, everybody, and welcome back to the Triple H podcast. Happy hour hoops, and the regular season is over. Done, finished. See ya. All of it. It's gone. <laughs> the playing tournament is here. And we, we have we got drama, we got storylines. We have teams to root for, teams to cry about. What a day. Were you expecting such an eventful last day? Like, besides the games, like, oh, my gosh. I mean, we had a couple teams. A couple teams had a little bit of issues, a little internal issues. A little bit. People throwing hands, arguments in each other's face. It's all. We're going to get to it all. Start with news and notes, as always. Uh, when the games came to a close, some teams didn't waste any time getting rid of coaches. Uh, Steven Silas, third year as a Rockets head coach, is parting ways with the team. Obviously, Poor didn't guy. work out there. Uh, we, you know, we knew they would have rough seasons because a rebuild is apparent there. But I mean, just didn't work out. You. Uh, I think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. He was like, I just don't have control of these guys. Or yeah, there was the a report was. that he freaked out like after yeah. a game was like, I can't get through to these guys, which is not ideal. I would say yeah. not ideal. No, no. <laughs> if you want to coach a rebuilding team, that's a lot of young players, a lot of young personalities. You got to control the locker room. And if you yeah. can't do that, then you're already lose. It's a losing cause. And what we talked about with the Rockets is like, we like a lot of the players they have. We think it's a lot of talented players. They could just never put it together on the coat, the court, and I think that falls back on the coach to some degree. Yeah, and like I'll feel so bad if they get Wembenyana though. Like that's just that's just gonna stink. Maybe for he him. could save him. Maybe he could save him. Well, do you know who the rumor is? Do you guys know who the leading rumor is behind the scenes to be this head coach? No, Ime Udoka. It's not Ime Udoka. Good guess, though. Oh, uh, I saw some stuff. It is a, uh, it is a coach that is um, currently about to coach a play-in team coming up on Wednesday night. One of the four Wednesday night teams potentially leaving his staff and going to the Rockets. Any guess of those four teams? I'm trying to remember Ooh. who's playing. Raptors, Bulls, and Nick Nurse? Thunder. Nick Nurse. Is Indeed. it really Nick Nurse? A lot, of, a lot of smoke I've heard on podcasts <laughs> about Nick Nurse leaving Toronto and going to uh, going to Houston this year. Wow. Interesting. Well, yeah, Interesting. I, I remember hearing reports and like towards like after the All Star break that Nick Nurse wasn't happy in Toronto, yeah. and obviously there's been some players who have spoken out there as well that it kind of seems like a downhill thing for the, for the Raptors anyway. So that, that would make sense. Yeah. Interesting. Be a good He'd be, might be a good him. guy. I mean, if they, that's a guy, at least X's and O's wise, we know oh, would get yeah. a lot yeah. out of that Night team. and day different yeah. in terms of yeah. the scheme from the, what they've had the past couple of years. And for the most part, at least what you can see from watching, he, he seems to get through to his guys that he's coached yeah. throughout the year. So yeah. Maybe sure. it's the, the correct move for the Rockets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another team getting rid of their head coach, but this this headline was tricky. Dwayne Casey out as Pistons head coach, as the headline read, but in the smaller fo- in the smaller font, he will move into a front office position with the organization. Another guy uh, on a team that could potentially get Wemby and also yeah. has a very good young yeah. core. So Casey's probably happy that he's not leaving the organization entirely. He's going front office. So Pistons head coaching job. 
Oh, maybe this is who I saw. Ime was rumored to actually. Oh, okay, Troy. I, I guess like there. that. Yeah. Bad and this Pistons is again. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't this kind of feel? Isn't this funny? Like this is kind of like the same exact thing. Like Dwayne Casey's like he's he didn't they, they don't want him to coach this team, but he had such a better relationship, obviously, with this front right. office and whatever the plan is going forward that. They're like, we want you to be a part of this plan, like whatever. And they figured out some kind of way to do this. And then with Steven Silas, you can see how much of a mess it is there and how much they yeah. don't have a plan because he's the fall yeah. guy of it rather than we right. want you to still be involved or whatever, however that worked out. It's just crazy because I bet you it's like it's really the same thing we're talking about. And the Pistons, we're going to be, I'm sure, way more positive about their future. as a mm-hmm. team that's just as bad than we will be uh, the other te- bad team that just fired their coach. So it's crazy. Yeah, tale tale of two teams in this in this crazy league. They they look like they're in similar situations, and then just completely different results there with what they're doing with their head coaches. Um, we'll see. We'll see for Silas though. Maybe he ends up somewhere. Maybe, maybe an assistant somewhere. Sure. Maybe he gets a, another chance somewhere mm-hmm. else. The man of the hour though from yesterday, Rudy Go Don't Rudy Gobert. He. He's been making headlines all year for all most of the of wrong course. reasons. Pretty <laughs> much since Danny Ainge fleeced the Minnesota Timberwolves, this mm-hmm. has just been bad oh, news for, for the T-Wolves, man. Rudy Gobert punches teammate Kyle Anderson yesterday in the middle of a game during a huddle, which looked like a disagreement. Then you have reports after the games that Kyle Anderson said he would knock Rudy Gobert's ass out. Um, they they went at it again in the locker room. Rudy was sent home, not just asked to sit the rest of the game. They literally sent him home. He he left the arena like By he the was team. in preschool. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't like he was a jailer. The team's like, you need to go home. Yeah. <laughs> And now it comes out today that the Wolves have no choice. They have to suspend Rudy Gobert. And so he's suspended now for their play-in game, which, I mean, they're already in a tough spot. They're already playing the Los Angeles Lakers tomorrow night. Now you don't have your seven-foot rim protector in there. Oh, no. It's just- yeah, he might – might have helped against Anthony Davis. Maybe that's why he traded first-round picks for defend Anthony Davis. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you could argue <laughs> that they, they kind of started playing better when he exited the game yesterday. So we, this could be a Utah situation right. all over again. It's like how many surprising, yeah. Right. Like, before, you know, I, I never thought Rudy was a great fit in Utah, and I, I always have thought he was an overrated player. Mm-hmm. But I never really bought into the fact that he was this big problem in Utah and him and Mitchell didn't get along. Right. So everyone was kind of sour. Yeah. But I mean, now it's it's kind of showing that maybe he just was the problem the whole time on both teams, which is unfortunate. Yeah. But I mean, it, it just kind of looks that way. I think the the only thing here that like I think Jake touched on a little bit, maybe his defense might have been the thing to help out against Lakers with Anthony Davis to have yeah, that. Yeah. But I mean, we've seen it before. Rudy Gobert just has become a liability come playoffs, even in his best years on the Jazz when they when they were his his best version of himself when he was defensive player of the year on the Jazz. Come playoffs, he just kind of gets exposed. So Either way, I don't think it was going to make too much of a difference in this playing game against the Lakers. I think the Lakers have this pretty easy, just the way that they're built. I think they have a great matchup against Minnesota. But um, regardless, even if you don't know what your playoff expectations are, this is the last thing you want going into the play-in. 
going into mm-hmm. the potential playoff series. If even if they lose the Lakers, if they could just win one, then guess what? You're the eight seed and you get to play the Denver Nuggets. Like, yeah. This is the last thing you want. This is the last thing you want in the last game of the regular season to have one of your star players. And I know we don't consider him a superstar or whatnot, but this is one of the Timberwolves star guys that they traded a lot to get. And now you're not even having on the playing game because, because of what, because you're fighting teammates now. I mean, it, it's crazy yeah. to me, the timing of when it happened. Also the player where it happened, because, you know, Rudy Gobert is not, really the guy to be like, oh, yeah, he had the whole COVID thing. You have the whole trade with him. You have the problems with guys on the Utah Jazz. Now it's here. It just feels like he's just been a problem for the past couple of years. And it's like, really, dude? Like, you chose now to have beef with Kyle Anderson right before the playoffs? Kyle Anderson of all people, too. Kyle Anderson of all people, too. And not only that, but for the first time, and it felt like months, the Timberwolves were starting to figure it out. They were starting to play better again. Steve, but the Timberwolves, quote, had to suspend Gobert for throwing a punch because they accepted that it was a shot to a chest, not intended to injure Kyle Anderson because Anderson repeatedly called him a bitch while Gobert was playing hurt. That that tweet is the craziest tweet I've ever seen in NBA history. That's crazy. The fact that that, that's like, that's like, did he just copy and paste that from the agent? Like, you need to send this out. Or did Rudy send it? He called me a bitch, Woj. Call me Woj. a bitch. I didn't oh, punch him in the face. He called me a bitch. I had to punch him. <laughs> I forget. I forget which one had which, but earlier in the day, like right after the punch happened, Woj had a story up first, and I think it was like the like "fuck you" exchange or something. He yeah, put that dude. in quotes. And then, like an hour later, Shams had his story about the locker room fight, and then it was just like he called him a bitch and said he's going to knock his ass out. I'm like, hey, Woj and Shams are having a field day being able to fake cuss in their oh, tweets yeah. right now. Jeez. Also, I mean, we haven't even like this is just seems like a side part of it, but it's also a big deal. Jaden McDaniels broke his hand in the same yeah, game, and I don't. I tweeted this out on our account too, but the broadcast was where I got this information from. They just reported at first that it was a broken hand. And then someone on the broadcast said that it was because he punched a wall on the, on his way to the locker room out of frustration. Yes. yes. And that's how he broke that too. Hand. So just a lot of self-inflicted <laughs> wounds for the, the Timberwolves yesterday. I mean, Jaden McDaniel is obviously not one of their big name guys, but he's a solid piece for no, his team. A very solid player for him. Yeah, he's he's a high motor guy, long, athletic, can defend, mm-hmm. and that, that there goes another guy that you don't have for this super important playing your two playing games if you lose coming up. It's just they they will lose. They read the script and they saw oh we're gonna get lose by thirty to the Lakers. They're like all right, we can't do this. So let's just let's just end our own season before that. Yeah. But no, <laughs> it's, I mean it's terrible timing because like I said, the Timberwolves were finally starting to play better. They were getting healthy again. Obviously, you get the big cap back helps a lot, but they were starting to play better. The role players were just kind of working, and now we talked about, right, because they lost Nas Reed a little bit ago too. You lose Reed, you lose McDaniels, you have Gobert suspended. Like, what are we doing? Uh, it's just you, you don't have you don't have a roster and play a roster anymore. Yep. It's, it's, uh, they're going to have to ride Anthony Edwards into the sunset. Yeah. If they have Poor any Ant, Ant, free yeah. Ant. yeah, you you would have to assume unless something crazy happens um, that Ant 
you know, when the time comes that he's going to want out of Minnesota. (laughs) What can they fucking do? They can't make this team better. They traded all their picks for a guy that they just suspended on the most important game of their season. During the most important game of the season. People forget. I mean, teammate in the final game. Fighting a teammate. (laughs) Cat. Cat is on a massive contract too. Like not. Oh yeah. You know, obviously, that's not nearly as bad as the the Rudy Gobert stuff, but it it makes it a little more difficult when you have no mm-hmm. future draft capital, and then also Anthony Edwards is a guy who's does, in my opinion, I think probably deserves more money going forward than Cat, and you have all this money already put into Cat. Mm-hmm. You have a center who punches teammates and is kind of a liability <laughs> at this point in his career. For more reasons than one, I guess. Yeah, it's just yeah, uh, yeah. sad times to be a Timberwolves fan. Yeah. All three of them. Mm. But I rest my case. Uh, Steve, we'll, we'll keep this other sad bullet point short here. Oh, I just kind of feel vindicated. I just kind of feel vindicated by this because everyone was at Are my we, neck. Is this surprising? Just... Is this surprising? Though, no, buddy? not at all. And this is yeah. what I've been trying to say the whole time, bro. Yeah. Kyrie Irving declined to do his exit interview with the Mavericks media yesterday. It was funny. The tweet I saw this in had to throw in that other players attended their exit interviews, such as Luka Doncic. (laughs) So they're basically saying everyone else on the Mavericks did their exit Mm -hmm. interview. Kyrie declined. um, Not a surprise. But it's just, you know, it adds – more to the ugliness um, in the fashion, <sighs> the way the Mavericks ended their season. Yeah. I also thought it was hilarious that the NBA was just like, oh, you, you guys wanted to invest in us for a, a wrong foul oh, they're, call. Yeah, investigating well, them. You guys for tanking. <laughs> and purposely tanking, which, by the way, so shameful I, by the I NBA. Mean, they'll though. do a worse job. You can't do a worse job than the Mavs did of purposely tanking. The fact yeah. that you could still make the playing game. All of a sudden, right before the game, you already announced before Luca Kyrie's doubtful. Now, basically, your whole team's not playing, but Luca plays the first quarter and then sits out. I mean, it's just it was it's embarrassing. It's it's actually sad that a franchise would actually do that when they do have a chance to get there. And I know it might benefit you more in the future. I get that. But you screwed up. You screwed up royally. You know you did. Just eat it and try to at least make the fans happy. Try to just win a cup. These were winnable games, right? The Bulls and the Spurs are winnable games. All you had to do was play a decent lineup, beat the Bulls, beat the Spurs. You are in the play-in, and then who knows what happens. You've got one of the best players in the world. Maybe he can carry you like he's done the past couple years in the playoffs. But no, instead of that, you just sit everyone and good. They should be investigated because the Mavs have been a disaster. And I'm fine with them getting called out for it because it just – it just it just upset me seeing that this is a team that this is a professional team. Obviously, this team that has fans. This is a team that the city of Dallas has fallen in love with for a while, and you just do that. Uh, it's just I don't know. I I, I hate it. I, it just it makes me sick. And obviously, yes, Kyrie is going to get a lot of the blame. And the trade for Kyrie was absolutely awful. But like I said, Dunny, there's a lot more problems than Kyrie. Kyrie's just one yeah. branch off a tree with many a problems. And and I as much as I love Luca, Luca's part of a problem too. Luca's part of a problem too. He really he A, he needs to show a lot more effort on the defensive side. And B2, he has to be more of a leader. If you want to have this type of guy that have the team built around you, that you can be this generational type superstar, you have to be more of a leader out there. And I'm not just talking on the court, I'm talking off the court too. 
Um, but this just kind of sums up the math season, right? Kyrie declining his exit interview is just kind of like, yeah, we tried it, didn't work. We're not putting any more effort in other than that, and we're just going to see what happens. Yeah, I do think there's definitely unfair criticism towards Kyrie because the, the actual play on the court – has never been an issue and that it usually hasn't been in any city um and obviously there's more like i agree with you i think luca his attitude changed at Mm -hmm. some point in these last couple weeks here his play was definitely not as strong and then i mean we talked about a couple weeks ago but just the roster that they were able to throw together Mm -hmm. i know I just mm-hmm. well, I don't know if you're talking about Cuban, but that's what I was gonna say. Like yeah. a lot of it falls on him. Like it does. And just Jason Kidd, I think the lineups he decides to put out there towards the end of the season. Of course, it's <clears throat> it's so much more than just the trade that at this point doesn't seem like it was a success uh, going after Kyrie Irving. Although they're pretty confident to get him back in free agency. Um, what that means for this team, Can't who knows? Wait. Can't Did wait. you guys see uh, Colin Coward? compared Luca to Carmelo Anthony today? Yeah. I did not want I hope I did not see it and I, I don't want to see it. <laughs> yeah, it was it was kind of a stretch, but I I got some of the things he was saying. He was just saying like he, the funniest word that he described the both of them as was prickly and uh like just like kind of stuck in their ways, good offensive scores but not like willing to evolve and all these things. I was just like Here's I feel like thing, that though. No one would be saying this shit about Luca if they were the four seed and he was doing everything I know. exactly right. I, I the know. same. They'd be like, Luca's a genius. He's a basketball yeah. mastermind. Yes. He, they have a terrible team. Like, that's the worst. Like, the yeah. ball stopper, all this shit, whatever. If they had a good team around him that was built, it doesn't matter if he's a ball stopper. He'd be fucking awesome and he'd be winning games in the, the playoffs. The only thing where I agree with Dunny is I do think we saw Luca's attitude change. And whether or not yeah, it was a direct yeah, result a of getting year. Kyrie or it's a direct result of playing with a bunch of bums and being on a bad team and a poorly <laughs> constructed team and having to try to carry that team for 82 games like he tried to carry them last year when they had a yeah. better team than they did now. I, I, I get that where the attitude changes, but listen, if you are that type of superstar, if you want to be that type of superstar where you can carry these teams, you can't have that attitude because it's just going to seep throughout the entire team. And if your star player has that attitude, what do you think everyone else is thinking? So I get it. The Mavs put them in a bad spot. The trades were bad dating back to really this past offseason. All the moves they've made have not really been beneficial for Luka or for the team. But you gotta sometimes you gotta be the bigger man and you gotta you gotta stay stay the course and you gotta at least try to bring people up. Luca, his attitude changed, and whether or not it was because of the signing Kyrie, I don't know. But I think that's where you can blame Luca, and it takes a lot of me to saying that because I I don't ever want to blame that baby boy, that innocent little guy <laughs> was just so good at playing basketball. I don't, but you have to sometimes, and I think he needs to be blamed at least somewhat. But I won't blame him, Jake, like I said, for how badly a constructed team it was and how bad a performance that the, you know, role players around the Mavs were. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to just see just this whole offseason unfold for these guys. Um, I'm also interested to see this, just the the investigation off between the Mavericks and the NBA. I don't, I mean, if they actually punish or get anywhere with this investigation for the tanking, like they're, they They're going to have to do this to a handful of teams every single season. That's like what I was going to say, right? Every team that tanks make it so obvious that they're tanking. Like you can't do that. 
I, th- I literally think this is the, the NBA lineups? trying to send a message for them yeah. trying to investigate. It was, I was going to say, this is some shameful of the by the NBA. lineups that some of these yeah. teams throw out there these past couple weeks? I mean, Did you see Portland yeah. yesterday? Oh, Portland. have you seen Utah oh, Jazz for God. like a Utah. couple weeks? Yeah, Utah, Portland. I mean, the Pistons, He's I think, seen, are just signing guys. You look at their lineup app, and there's like eight guys DNPs. Yes. Like, that's literally yes. half your roster. Yes. You're not yes. playing more than half of your right. roster tonight. Yeah. Come on. What yeah. are no. doing? So it's like, and, and that's where I think, like, it's stupid. I think the, you're right, Dunny. I think it's just an NBA threatening. Be like, oh, don't obviously tank. Because what the Mavs, yeah. but I do think the situation was a little different where these teams were already eliminated. The Mavs still could have made the plan, and that I think is kind of messed up in a way. That's the only difference. Yeah. Where it's like, dude, you could still make the playoff, and you're basically giving up. And I get it. If you don't think you're going to win, if you want to try to benefit your future, whatever. But that's just such no, a you shitty. You have a chance to make the playoffs. That's such you a make shitty. That's what I'm saying. That's With such Luka a too. shitty thing to do. Exactly. So it's it's more so than just tanking or trying to better your team for the future. It's just a morale, a moral thing, like. What are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Like, you have a chance to win. You go win. What if we learned every single, like, day since we were kids when it came to sports? You play to win. Yeah. So that's where I think I I got upset about, and that's why I think the NBA stepped in, Duddy, because I think that was a stretch. Yeah. No, I agree with you. That, uh... But I'd yes. rather have the Thunder in than the Mavs, anyways. At oh, this point, without it's going to be so that, having the Thunder play in that game against just, the Pelicans tomorrow is going to be uh, yeah. so much fun. Uh, yeah, so I much think fun. It's going to be a fun game. Or two nights from now. Yeah, well, let's let's get right into it then. We'll start here with the play-in tournament. It's back. It's going to be buzzing this year. We we love the play-in tournament here on Happy Hour Hoops. Hawks Heat is the first game pl- being played in the play-in tomorrow. Um, Tuesday evening, we have Hawks Heat in Miami. Heat seven seed, Hawks eight seed. I mean, we, we were talking before we got on here. All of us here on Happy Hour Hoops don't think that the Hawks really have a chance. What I'll say is it's going to have to be an off night for Miami shooters, and it's going to have to be a Trey Young 40-plus point game, I think, for the Hawks to have any chance. But uh, why do you guys why do you guys like Miami so much? I'm in the same boat, but I, mean, I want Miami to lose also. Heat, heat culture, <laughs> Heat are built for the playoffs the way they're – I think they match up well against the Hawks. The Heat at home I think is another nice advantage there they have. And Jimmy Butler's playing really well. And I don't I think the Hawks are kind of a weird position of someone who can uh, stop Jimmy Butler. I like the Heat here. And what's kind of crazy, Donny, right, because if we look at the Tuesday games, we have Hawks, Heat, and we have Lakers, T-Wolves. And as you guys know, I love, I'm a gambling man. I love that. I love, I love to bet on these things. I love to bet on whatever it is. You take the Heat money line with the Lakers money line, that's minus 105. That's pretty much even odds. Who's not taking that? Yeah. Oh, I was not who's, every. Yeah. Easy, who's easy, not so taking that? So it's it's just it just feels so weird to me that that's where the odds are there. But I I just like the Miami Heat. I, I've talked about this the few past weeks too. I think the Heat are not only a threat to you know win a playing game, but I think they could give the Celtics a, a couple games. I think yeah. I think they could make it go six. I wouldn't be surprised if they stole a couple. So I'm just gonna go with with the Heat here. I think the Heat are by far. The best team out of the four Eastern play playing teams. Oh, for sure. And also, too, I yeah. think they're by far 
the best, best defensive team of those four teams, and that really bodes well to build for the playoffs. I, I'll take the Heat here. Biggest thing with the Heat is their depth might hurt them. I don't think their depth is going to hurt them against Atlanta. No. Yeah, I think, honestly, across the play-in as a whole, I think the Heat are better than everyone except for the Lakers. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 I agree. I mean, but, and this, this, I'm not like Trey Young going into there. It's we're gonna see, like, I want to see them in a pressure situation. What this team is gonna look like after all the turmoil they've mm-hmm. had this year. We've talked about a lot, coach, everything with Trey. Who knows what it's gonna look like? Like when push comes to shove tomorrow night in Miami, what is it gonna look like? I feel like it can get away from them quick. That's what that's what I'm expecting, honestly. I feel like Miami's gonna put the boa constrictor on early. And mm-hmm. Atlanta just the only way Atlanta stays in this game is if they can shoot the lights out, basically. Like if the Miami shoot. crowd does a whiteout too, it is over. Oh, you think Jimmy? You think Jimmy's gonna be on the? You think Jimmy's gonna be celebrating on the scorers table? They get a no, no. no? <laughs> Jimmy ain't like that, bro. Jimmy's gonna be stone cold, like just dead, dead look in his eyes. Even no matter how they Jimmy's win probably or... pissed they even have to play this game. Well, yeah, playoff Jimmy's all. different yeah. too, and he's and you know what, Jimmy Butler's been playing really well at the end of this I year know. since the, the All Star break. So you have him playing team. like that going into playoff, Jimmy. Whoa, yeah, he's ready yeah. to go. No one, on, there's no one on the Hawks. What did DeAndre Hunter gonna try to guard Jimmy? Stop it, stop it. And I like Hunter, but stop and Hunter's it. a good player. Yeah, he yeah, just can't. He, just yeah, no one's like it's just, and the biggest thing I think, like I, I said, I think Trey Young would have to have 40 plus for them to even have a chance in this game. And just think yeah. about the amount of guys. Like, I don't consider Miami to have good guard play, but like you know, past even past their starting guards, like they can throw guys like Gabe oh, Vincent yeah. at him. Yeah, where Gabe Vincent is small compared to a lot of teams' guards, but he is stronger like bulkier than trey young and just about the same size as them so like they have guys that will bother trey young all game long i mean we've seen we we saw obviously saw the the nick series where trey young came to life in msg but we also have seen multiple playoff series where he just got a little bothered by some pressure out on the perimeter and and shut down so it it hates to be still one-sided but i just don't see a way that the heat lose this game I agree, and I think a guy, too, that we didn't bring up who's on the Heat that could really step up for them in the playoffs, especially in this game, is Oladipo. They play Oladipo against those guards. They play him as, like, the point guard to just cover Trey a little bit. Then you have Tyler Hero at the two. Like, that can work. Oladipo Mm -hmm. could very well see 30 minutes in this game, and I think the way Oladipo's built could be a a problem for the Atlanta Hawk guards. So I just think they have too many options, and I I think you're right, Dunny. It's just – Trey would have to go nuts for them to stay in this game, which he has done in the playoffs in the past. But, man, I'm just taking the heat. I, I am. Yeah. All right. So we're all in agreement there. Uh, do you guys want well, – let's just stay with the Tuesday night yeah, slate for now. Lakers, Lakers-Wolves is the late game Tuesday night. Uh, we previewed this a little bit in the news mm-hmm. just because uh, Rudy Gobert is a, a big doofus. But <laughs> – we, I mean, I assume we're kind of all the same way. I think yeah. this will probably be a closer game than the Hawks Heat, in my opinion, or at least really? competition-wise. Uh-huh. I do, yeah. Uh, I think 
I think the offensive firepower of Cat and Ants will at least let them hang around a bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, that doesn't mean I don't think – I think the Lakers could open this up at any point. I think any LeBron James-led team, if uh, the guys around him are knocking down outside shots, I think that's always a capability. Well, I mean, um, their offense has been going nuts. Lately. Yeah, it's been Lakers buzzing. Lakers are scoring. It really Reeves has. is playing out of his mind. AD looks like AD. Again, we say this, AD's one of the best players, went healthy, and it's – it's one of those things where they just have so many options. And I think, Jake, you were the one who told us, right? Post-All-Star break, Lakers have one of, or if not the best record in the NBA. Right? Um, on the Simmons show, on the Simmons show right? today, they they had the stat that since AD's been better, he's 34 games or something in his 34 mm-hmm. game, 31 of the last 34 or something that he's been played in since he came back for the first time. They're 20 and 11. So I think I mean, that's, the best. that's awesome. That's I think they have the best record in the NBA. That's All Star break. All Star so, break yeah. or deadline, right? Something like that. Yeah. And you, I, you know, you saw me complain about this the past four shows of the deals the Mavs did that set them back. The Lakers did the opposite. They made yep. deals that worked for them for the first time in a couple of years, and we're seeing it now. These guys are really stepping up, and I, I know you said it might be closer, Donny. I think we could see blowout territory here. I really do. I, I just. Yeah. I, I don't see the T-Wolves. They don't have the depth anymore because we talked about it. They they lost McDaniels. They lost Nasrid earlier. They yeah. don't have Rudy Gobert because he's out this game just trying to fight. D-Lo's on the Lakers now. <laughs> D-Lo's on the Lakers now. And, like, also, too, like, and I know he's going to play, but who knows what Kyle Anderson is going to be thinking. <laughs> like, yeah. who knows what he's going to be thinking. But now you go against the Lakers who finally have depth again. They're healthy again. And, oh, yeah, they have LeBron James who – when is healthy, when is on the court, he's one of the best players in the NBA, and it doesn't matter what year season he's in now. He's just going to mm-hmm. make an impact. They don't have anyone defensively to really match up against that. And it's like, I think, and this is, goes back to like my theory sometimes with young teams in whatever sport it is. I know Cats had a little veteran, but I think there's going to be way too much pressure on Anthony Edwards. I think he's going to feel like he's going to have to take like 30 shots in this game, really try to carry the team. And when you're a young player like that, it's a growing curve. It's a growing pain. And I think Anthony Edwards is going to be in a really, really tough position where he's going to feel like I have to carry this team against LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And that's just not a recipe for success. Yeah. I, I looked it up too. They they have the best record in the West since the All-Star. Okay. Break. Oh, that makes sense though. Okay. Yeah. That's what I saw. Shout out Stat Muse. Um, but yeah, man, I, I think you're right. I, I just – I think – I don't know. I guess either of these games could be blowout. I just I think if I had to pick between the Hawks and the T Wolves, which are gonna keep their game the closest, it would be the T Wolves, and that is literally strictly because I have more faith. Star in, talent. Yeah, I just yeah. have more faith in Anthony mm-hmm. Edwards than in Cat than I do in Trey Young. That's basically I agree. What it comes down to. I agree. I'm excited to see Edwards like in LA. He's got like trying to win, like not backs fully against the wall, but kind of backs against the wall. Like no yeah. one believes in them, definitely. Like see what see what Aaron is gonna do. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, Bron Bron closes these games out a lot, and this is not the Warriors from a couple years ago where it's gonna be like a knockdown drag out fight. This Minnesota team hasn't right. been in that in those moments yet. They're gonna have a better chance, I think. I think with Minnesota when they when they are hosting whoever mm-hmm. uh, they'll play in Wednesday or Wednesday's winner. Yeah. Um, I and think I'll, that they are definitely a better team than either of those, and which should be pretty good so favorites. Too. But 
Um, this is going to be an itch. I'm just interested to see what the fight they put up because you know they're they're going to be you know they're they're all talking like in that locker room. Ain't nobody giving us a shot, like all that shit. And that's right. Anthony Edwards. I would. I mean. And they have been playing good basketball lately, too. I know they've been dealing with a lot of adversity, but they've been playing some of their best basketball of the year. And like Dunny said yesterday, when Gobert went out, they looked better almost. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They they were clicking. Not shocking. (laughs) (laughs) They got a whole game without him, you know. But I also think, too, with on the Lakers side of it, with LeBron, right, I don't think LeBron's going to let this game kind of slip up or pass up an opportunity to play Memphis in the second round. I really, I really don't think he's going to – or the first round, technically. I, I don't think he's going to pass up that opportunity to really kind of humble those, you know, little arrogant kids that they got <laughs> in Memphis right now. Um, I I just think the Lakers take care of business. I really do. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. That's the that's the late game tomorrow night. Then we'll, we'll hop to Wednesday here. Bulls, Raptors. I think out of the first round of the play-in <clears> – <throat> Excuse me. I think uh, I think this game could be the most entertaining slash best competitive game. I guess. I, I hope so. I, I I hope so. I think it has it's, it has the makings to be a very fun game, a high high scoring game, not a ton of defense. Even the Raptors' defense isn't bad, but I think the Pretty Bulls solid, are going to yeah. want to the Bulls are going to want to run a little bit, and I think the Raptors will be comfortable kind of go, going with them. I think it has the makings for it, Dunny. Um, I don't know though. I like I'm. I'm you lean on one way in this. I I'm leaning Chicago. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't love it. I'm leaning Chicago. I, I I get like it's in Toronto. Um, and obviously more so this year, home teams have had a big advantage. I'm leaning Chicago a little bit. Chicago's been playing pretty good basketball lately. Where the Raptors to me have been the Raptors all year long, right? Like, see, Occam's playing well. Scotty has his moments. Like, the guards will have their moments. They'll pop in here and there. You know, we know what their team is. Their depth's okay. They have a couple guys that come to anyone on their bench, but they they log all right minutes. And it's just like, I feel like this could be a game. We see Levine and DeRozan both score 30-plus. And if that's the case, I think the Bulls can win this game because as much as I love Scotty, I don't think he's gotten to that level offensively yet. The guards are still Van Vliet, Gary Trent, they're still very up and down there. So that means it's really got to be Pascal to try to, you know, take this game over, keep them in the game. And another thing too, and I know since they've added Pirtle, it's helped a little bit, but Vucevic is actually kind of a little bit of a problem for this Toronto defense. Yeah. And um, if they can really get Vucevic involved, I think it's really going to help Chicago. Yeah. If Pascal and Pirtle are ever both out of the game at the same time, too, Vuce is going to eat yes. because their next yeah. biggest guy is Chris Boucher and, and Vuce yeah. would body him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I don't know. I've I've gotten two close up looks at the Raptors lately because the Celtics just played them in back to back games, and I my biggest thing out of this game is I think Van Fleet could be due for another bad showing because mm-hmm. he didn't do anything in either of the yeah. games against the Celtics. I think bigger guards bother him, and I mean mm-hmm. I don't know if Patrick Beverly is all that big, but he plays. But, big. He, but he plays. the thing about Chicago it, it, since adding Pat Bev. And getting healthy, like they've been one of the better defensive teams in yeah. basketball. They're an awesome yeah. defensive team. Levine's like not a bad team. defender. 
Levine is, isn't a bad. My defense. biggest thing why I'm leaning Chicago is I think Levine is the best player in this game. The way he's been playing, right? The way yeah. he's his been form playing has been awesome. Yeah. So, like, I like generally probably pick Pascal, but right now Levine has been on a mission. Probably hearing all the bullshit, all like all the talk that we definitely had about Chicago blowing it up, everything, put that chip on his shoulder, and yeah, I think that feel like he's due for a really big game in a big spot like this. I, I, I agree, and I think he get very chippy too. Oh, yeah, it's going to be intense. Oh, yeah. I think this year, too, Levine has kind of taken a little step over DeMar. Even though we haven't really noticed it too much or hasn't been big in the spotlight, Levine's kind of became that go-to guy now, and this could be really big for him. But um, I think it's going to be the best game. I think you're right, Dunny. I think this is going to be the the game that I think we're all going to want to watch in terms of the one that for sure most exciting or game we think will probably be closest, right? Mm -hmm. I think it'll be the most exciting. I think it'll be the most intense, but I do think the next game, the Thunder and the uh, the Pelicans is the most mm-hmm. fun. I think that's yeah. going to be wow, – There's a lot of fun players fun. in this game. Yeah. 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 Yes. <laughs> if we're talking that's fun. That's for sure. Yeah, this is the late game Wednesday night. Thunder Pelicans. I mean, it's so crazy that we, we are getting – and I guess neither of these teams would probably be in this position if these two guys were playing, but we're getting robbed of Chet versus Zion in this series. I know. Um, yeah. It just sucks, man. Like, Zion, at first it was like there was hope that if they make it past the play-in that he'd be ready for a first-round series, and now it's just – Nothing but pessimistic news when it comes to Zion and the injury. Not even like, close, right? Yeah. No, he's, he's not close. I think Chet might be closer than Zion. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's for like, sure. I, I saw a rumor that maybe Chet, if they make the playoffs, not the play they'd have to win All twice. Right, guys, but... hold on, though. If I put my conspiracy hat on, this is just a different oh, hat. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Put do you think that he's just – he's just uh, that he's just finessing them and trying to get to his way out uh, to the where he they'll either trade him because he's Zion? prone, yeah, or he just wants to get to the end of that contract and go sign in New York like he's always dreamed of. I mean, I'm sure New York because he cool. said it, and now for two years, like he was basically healthy this year and then was yeah. just gone off the face yeah. of the earth. It is weird, it is, but it yeah. also he's like the least. It, he's like the least surprising dude just to wind up with an injury agree, just true. because the whole he might, yeah he might just be the weight issues and like the way he blew out of his shoe and then the the yeah. constant injury since he's been in the league so i mean yeah. i it both could be true too right like he could be injured yeah. and being like i don't want to rush back i don't want to get hurt again but at the same time he's plotting his way out so i mean i don't yeah. hate that it could very well be true um, but we're gonna have to see Brandon Ingram put up 40 points again, like he did hey, last night. He's been great, he's been mm. locked in too lately. And, and and you know what? This could be a game where we see two 40 point scores yeah. with Brandon Ingram and SGA. And you yeah. know what? And and I'm glad that this is a playing matchup just for the fact that there's gonna be a lot of basketball fans who aren't you know diehard basketball fans, but casual basketball fans will get a chance to watch these two players go at it. And two guys who I have considered two of the most underrated players of basketball over the past couple of years. I know SGA really made the jump this year and people are finally starting to notice him, but Brandon Ingram's a walking bucket too, man. Yeah. And it's just, it'll be nice to see these guys go, go at it for, uh, for 48 minutes. Yeah, I agree. I thought, I thought you were about to bring up your guy, Jalen Williams on the thunder there. 
I, hey, I like both Jalen Williams. I like yeah, both of them. Doesn't matter. Yeah, doesn't matter how you spell it. I like both Jalen Williams, and they seem to work without how the Thunder's constructed their roster. But um, if we're talking about guys at the Thunder, before you go, Jalen Williams, we got to talk Josh Giddy. Giddy's yeah. another oh, one who's been Josh very Giddy. good for the Thunder, and another guy who Giddy had a lot of hype last year. year. How about that? Kind of fell off a little bit in terms of the hype, but Giddy's been great. He's been great for him lately. Mm-hmm. Insane. Yeah, this this I don't know. I I think I'm taking the Thunder in this game. If I'm being honest with you guys, I'm I've been too. back and forth on it. Lives are better. Yeah, and I also have this conspiracy theory. Um, not to put my conspiracy theory hat on, but I have this conspiracy theory where if the Thunder can win this game and then play a Minnesota team and maybe get a chance to beat Minnesota. Then all of a sudden, before the first round starts, they'd be like, "Oh yeah, Chet Holmgren's gonna play against the Nuggets." And then that I will. Is. Either way, I'm hammering Yo, the Thunder t- against the Nuggets. No, 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 no. Yo, Meerkat, don't listen. But I would, hammering. I would, I would, I would probably take the Thunder. Just, just at least the spread in that series because yes. I don't. I think, I think it'd be fun. I had no one. I mean, I why not? Why not? I don't know. Thunder fun. Don't. The way I see this game, I just feel like on the Pelican side, I feel like McCollum and Brandon Ingram both have to play out of their minds for them yep. to win. Same. Where the Thunder, like I feel like I could just see the Thunder playing their brand of basketball, SGA having, you know, maybe around scoring around his average. Yeah. And then just Giddy and company doing enough to get the win. I just feel like it just seems like it'd be more difficult for the Pelicans to pull out a win in this game for some reason. Yeah, yeah I, I do think we also got to remember, too, A, the Pelicans run last year um, without True. Them, And B, the Pelicans yep. are another team, not technically like the Heat, because the Heat have done it for so long, but Pelicans got some dogs on defense. They do. And yeah. if you're, you want to beat a team like the Jones, Oklahoma City dude. Thunder, that's a young team, that's a fun team, you want to make it uncomfortable for them. And guys, the, the Pelicans have a plethora of very good uh, on-ball defenders, which I think yeah. you got yeah, – obviously, right, you got Alvarado, you have Murphy, you have um, – I'm just going Blake's game – Herb Jones. They got they got some guys that are definitely going to yeah. have roles and uh, definitely going to put the Thunder young players in probably uncomfortable situations. But uh, I don't know. I'm back and forth on this game. I, I'm leaning Thunder right now, but it could change. I think, but I, but I do think we have to remember that the the run the Pelicans had they they were impressive last year in the playoffs. The reason we were so hyped on them coming into the regular season was because of what they did in the playoffs and the fact that we're like, oh, now they're getting Zion back. This team's like Western Conference like finals good. So now that Zion's right. gone, we still have that team though. Basically, that exact same team that looked that good in the playoffs last year. So we do have to remember that to a point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. We'll uh, we'll see how this all unfolds real quick before we preview the first what we have made up of the first round, I should say, so far. Mm-hmm. What where, where do you guys see this going in both conference? Who do you guys think it's the seven and eight? I think, I think it was pretty easy. We kind of just talked through Heat it. in Lakers seven, right? We both yep. agreed that they're gonna yeah. win. And then eight for me. I could see any of the, those remaining three in the West. I really don't think the Timberwolves are guaranteed to win, even if they if they uh, lose the, against Lakers. I don't think they're guaranteed to win against Pelicans or Thunder. And then I look on the East side, 
Dude, I'll take, give me Chicago or Toronto over Atlanta. Neither yeah. of them. Yeah. So I'd probably say Chicago and Miami and then Lakers and I'm back and forth between Thunder and Pelicans. Probably Pelicans, but it's very shaky yeah. right now. I, I'm taking Lakers, T-Wolves, and then I think I'm taking the Bulls and the Heat too. Okay. Yeah, I'm going Heat, Bulls in the West, and then I'm going Lakers, Thunder. I just have a weird. Okay. weird I'm cheering for the Thunder. Yeah. I'm 100 cheering for the Thunder the whole way through. I am too. I I, I want to see SGA finally get respect of a superstar player and just have a full playoff series where people can watch him do what he's been doing all year long. Thunder Thunder have been my default number two team in the NBA since Kevin Durant went there originally. Mm-hmm. There you go. And. Um, and it's nice that they have a completely different core now, and I can kind of root for them quietly in this, in yeah. this situation. For sure. So, all right, let's – before we sign off here, let's preview the first – what we have of the first round so far. We won't we won't speculate on the TBD matchups just yet, I guess. I mean, we, we can a little bit because we already we already said who we think is going to make seven and eight in both but conferences. I think waiting anyways yeah. would be better for those. So we'll we'll start in the East, Jake. Let's start with your Cleveland Cavaliers going against the New well, York. Let me check the Fitbit. How quick the heart rate starts. <laughs> <laughs> what do we got, Jake? Opening thoughts here. What What are you feeling? Um, shit, man. I don't know. Like, I'm. I know that Julius Randle is not going to be playing for most of the series, and I. That's why Steve here thinks I should be more confident, but the Cleveland Cavaliers Achilles heel all year has been defending the three point ball. And the Knicks have beaten the Cavs three out of four times this year. And all those games, they just bombed the shit out of them from three and played really tough defense, made life hell for one of the guards at least. And that was enough. Um, Mitchell and Brunson is going to be the show of this series. I think more than anything, right? Like that's what, that's what we're coming for. But Man, I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not very. I'm not like fully confident. Like I'm not putting the Cavs in the second round yeah. by any stretch of the measure. I think if they got there and they could play with Milwaukee, and that would be a fun series and everything. But it's gonna be, it's gonna be tough. It's a really tough matchup. It's like the worst matchup for that the Cavs could have gotten out of any of those like group of six teams that ended up behind them. The fact that the Knicks were the team that busted out, like yeah. I'd rather them play Miami, honestly. I'd rather them play Atlanta, like any of these teams that they could have snuck in there, down there, whatever. But the Knicks are good. The Knicks are legit. Um, I'm scared of Brunson because I love Brunson. I think he's a dog. That's the biggest thing. Um, I do think Cavs probably in seven, honestly. I think it's going to go seven. Wow. Ooh. See, I don't, I don't think it's going to go that far. It's crazy because we were talking about this beforehand the four playoff series that are already decided or whatnot. Yeah. The closest in terms of odds value betting is Knicks Cavs, where the Cavs are only minus 205. The Knicks are plus 172. So it's it's kind of closer than I expected it to be, especially with no Randall. I think Brunson is is probably going to be a problem. We saw him do this last year with the Mavs. We kind of saw him do it even in, at the end of the regular season. That carried over to this year. That's why he got paid. And yeah. I remember in the offseason, we were kind of like, oh, the Knicks shouldn't have paid him that much. He's not, he's wor- He was worth it. He, he's been unbelievable yep. for the Knicks. Um, yep. But I think I think the big thing you said, Jake, is that the, um, the Knicks, if, if they want to beat the Cavs, you got to shoot a lot of threes. And with no Randall, 
I could almost see them playing more small ball here and having quickly play a lot more minutes. This is going to be this ball, the chess match shooting. in this. Mm -hmm. The chess match between Tibbs and JB, what they do with their lineups is going to be the most interesting thing by yes. bar none. And with that small ball and everything else, because the Cavs might come back and be like, all right, Mobley and Allen aren't playing together this series then. We're just going right. to play small against you. And Okoro, whatever, I don't know what his status is for game one yet. Mm -hmm. I think that they've just been holding him out to bring him back for game one. That's my so, at least internal hope. But I think that the Cavs could do that too. And that's, is that a smart thing? Is it not a smart? I don't know. It's, it's going to like, that's the most interesting thing is they, both these teams can do a lot with their lineups and what are they going to do to attack each other in the playoffs? Yeah. But I think the big thing there though, is that I might sneeze. Hold on. But uh, <laughs> that Mitchell Robinson's going to have to go up against Jared Allen and Moultrie rotate. It's just going to be him, and I think that's the big advantage there for the Cavs. I also think, yeah. too, as good as Brunson's been, as good as Randall's been, obviously not playing, but as good as he's been this year, the best player in this series is Donovan Mitchell. And I oh, am not going to say that with as much certainty as I am now because of what he's shown us this year. I think he can really take over a playoff game. I think he's showing he's got something to prove Facts. because Utah just kept falling short, and now it's on his own team. And we talk about him every time because I love talking about this guy. Most, one of the most improved players this entire season has been Evan Mobley. And I think yeah. the playoffs is sometimes where you see those guys take that next step going into the following season. I think we're really going to see Mobley and Mitchell take over this series. I like the Cavs in like five or six. I really think I don't think this is going to be as much of a war as Jake expects. Mobley is the X factor by far to me, Dunny, because if Mobley is like, like you just said, if he's like all of a sudden putting Tim Duncan 99 mm -hmm. vibes out on the court, like they might, that's where they're like a very interesting team to upset yeah. the Bucks. It's all yes. on him. Yes. If he turns into that every game and he might, he might be that guy. Like, mm -hmm. and Mitchell, the thing of interesting about Mitchell in this series is, you know, he's thinking about the whole Knicks connection. Every, he thought he was going there and he didn't go like, it's a, honestly a perfect narrative series. For Mitchell, which you know what I love, but Mobley, I think maybe if Mo if Randall not playing, are Mobley and Mitchell just the two best players? Are they both better that much better than Brunson? Is Mobley there? Because if you're looking at that, that maybe that's why I should just look at it. It's got to be a conversation. At He's least. close enough. I think yeah, Mitchell's clear one, and then I think it's close enough because Mobley has the advantage on the size big time, yeah. the defensive ability, the length, and just the kind of everything else he can do, versatility a little bit. Um, I love Jalen Brunson. I think Jalen Brunson's good. And for his size, he's actually pretty good defensively for his size. But um, That's yeah, he is. Mobley has the so potential to be so good. He has potential mm -hmm. to be, like we said, all all team NBA type good. Um, I think so uh, I, that's another I another interesting wrinkle in this series too. Like, if it does go seven, Jake, we got to think Donovan Mitchell has seven home games in this series. Yeah. He loves MSG. Bro. Yeah, he, he does. He, yeah, he does. hundred percent. True. And that's what uh, the biggest thing I'm excited. If the Cavs were a five seed, I would be so terrified. But the fact like Saturday, people like that place is I'm so interested to see what the atmosphere is mm -hmm. because it was always great atmospheres and LeBron being there. And every, like, this is the biggest thing is like the Cavs have not made a playoff series been in the playoff series since 1998 without LeBron James. That's 25 years. And I know like that's yeah. like you, like it's hard to separate the two now at this point in history, like mm -hmm. LeBron Cavs, everything else. But like from a Cavs fan base perspective, and these players have to like be feeling this and know this 
like it's a huge thing for Cavs fans right now because it's like yeah. it's trying to get your seat like set a history apart from this guy. Look at the Bulls for the last like 25 years and they have never been able to set an identity after Jordan. They've never been able they were close, so right. close one time to be able to do it and never able to do it. And this is the Cavs real first chance at following up after you know a legend isn't even like the biggest word and there's been so many times in history basketball history this has happened. I mean, the Celtics are the pro- and the Lakers are probably the two best examples of being able to do it time and time again. Let's see if the Cavs, they've never had it in history happen to them. How do they come out after this and how do they look? How do the fans feel? How are they during like a playoff atmosphere like that? Are they going to turn on them quick because they're expecting more? Are they going to be behind them more because it's not LeBron? Like, I don't know. But the energy is going to be crazy. That was the biggest thing. Like the crowds both at MSG and at Rocket Mortgage in Cleveland, it's going to be electric all series. Yes. Yeah, man, it's going to be great, man. I also, last thing I want to say here, too, I know you guys brought Mitchell Robinson. I think Obi Toppin, who had a 34-point game yesterday, yeah. is going <laughs> to. Ain't he, no stopping. Ain't no stopping Obi Toppin. He has a three ball now out of nowhere. He he just gangs yeah, threes now, um, which is something he literally could not. Like, I, I called three different games uh, in person with Obi Toppin. And he used to just brick his threes off the side of the backboard in college. And now he's he's developed that outside game. And, you know, I don't think he's like a major needle mover for this next team. But he's someone who's going to have to play well for them to have a chance in this series. Yeah. He's because definitely you don't have Randall. Yeah. And yeah, the, the the depth of this team, you know, in the front court, it's it's him. Right now it's him, Robinson, and then Hartenstein. Mm-hmm. which you don't want to see that when you're going up against Jared Allen and Evan Mobley every night. So <laughs> No. No, that's a we'll great see. point, Dunny, because it's like the one thing, you know how much I loved Obi Toppin coming out of college, coming out of Dayton. I mm-hmm. thought he was going to be great. And I think when the Knicks drafted him, I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's a boss, bad pick, bad pick. I think the reason like it, people look at it that way is because they didn't expect Randall to make the jump he did because that was the same time it happened was when they drafted yeah. Toppin was when Randall really turned into a, type of star on the team because Toppin was kind of probably supposed to come into that role would be my guess of what they expected. Randall took that over and this is a great chance for Obi Toppin a to, you know, get his name back out there. It's like, Hey, I can ball too. I've just been behind this guy and B Mm -hmm. maybe if he goes elsewhere after this year, if the trade him or stick behind Randall his entire career and you're right he has been playing better but it's in been in short spurts so this yeah, is a yeah. perfect opportunity to really display that where the Knicks need some size right now need in this it. series against the Cavs that's a great name I didn't I, I didn't even think of that until you brought it up that's a really really great name drop Obi Toppin probably will have a much larger role and, and probably will you know get his name out there again in this series yeah like like Jake said, I think both arenas will be rocking. It'll be a, it'll be a very fun series to kind of keep tabs on. Net Sixers, however, maybe maybe not as fun. Um, this could go south quickly. I think for the Nets, they've played a lot in the playoffs the last couple of years, though. Yeah, they it's like third enough. in like five years or something like that. Like I feel like they're always matching up in the first round. And the Nets team uh, this year could not look different from <laughs> could, lo- what do you could not look more different. Nets from made, from moves. Oh, Nets made moves this year, Donnie. <laughs> Just a couple now, uh, but the, they got that guy Mikael Bridges now, who 
I think is one of the coolest things. And he probably wasn't the only player this happened to. But I saw yesterday he played 83 games this year because Mm -hmm. of the trade. (laughs) What? So, I mean, I love it too, right? We we, we were texting about this in the group where Mikael Bridges starts. And my one buddy who's betting on the NBA every single day, he's looking at these lineups. He's like, why is Bridges the only like decent player starting in this game? And I text him. I go, it's probably because he refused to not start for his consecutive game streak. And sure enough, what happens? Opening tip, take foul, come out of the game. But A, props to Mikael Bridges for in a – you know, an era where guys are sitting out, it feels like 15, 20 games a year. He's yep. playing every game. And B, props to Mikael Bridges from going from a very solid, not even role player, but a very solid, you know, guy on your team in Phoenix to, oh, no, he's the guy in yeah. Brooklyn. Yep. And when someone goes from that in just like a few months, I'm very intrigued to see what they'll do in the playoffs when. I say this every time. Star power is huge come NBA playoffs. Yep. We'll see if Mikel Bridges, if there's one guy who may be a little unfazed under this type of pressure or this new type of pressure, it could be Mikel Bridges. But I'm very, very weary of that because I'm always kind of nervous of a guy who is finally figuring out, oh, I'm the offense. It's going through me. Will he be able to, you know, get to that pressure in the playoffs, especially in games in Philly, which is not a fun place to play? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's cool for Bridges too because this like what an opportunity for this to like be his origin story as a number one somewhere. Even if they lose this series, which I think, you know, odds are obviously stacked against them. They have to go up against him B. They don't really have the bodies for that, in my opinion. Claxton's great. He's probably a candidate for most improved player, but just he's just not enough. I mean, it's just right. as simple as that. But I mean, Mikel, we're, we're talking about Mikael Bridges, who could easily average around 30 points in this series. Mm-hmm. You know, if he has a game where he hits a game winner or he has a game where it's been Bridges from start to finish and, you know, he kind of carries the Nets to a victory at home. I mean, this, this you know, aside from the Nets organization, this could just be a huge game for an individual's uh, – or a huge series for an individual's career. I agree. And, 100%. you know, if, if you can get anything out of that as a Nets fan or out of this series as a Nets fan, it's like hone in on bridges, see what you got. Yeah. And then I said they don't have the bigs, but, I mean, they do have guys like Cam Johnson, Dorian Finney-Smith, like – um. Who am I forgetting? Who's a great wing defender on this team as well? Uh, uh, the fact that they're a si- they're the sixth seed. Royce though, O'Neal? Yeah, Royce. O'Neal, yeah. The Royce fact O'Neal. that they're a sixth seed after every they could have fallen off, they could have ended up in the play in, they could have all these different things. The fact that they avoided it and were battling for the yeah. like for okay. the five with the Knicks all the way to the last couple weeks and everything else, like man, it's so good to see like a team like bounce back from that when they could have just folded over so and it would be and i wasn't even thinking about till you just brought it up you guys just brought it up about the philly and bridges connection which i'm sure he thinks he is thinking about every single day up until that game one playing in philly like i can't even imagine the the family and friends he's gonna have there and everything else like Awesome moment for the guy too. So yes. yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna and be no a one more series. deserving for that moment than no, Mikael Bridges. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, he's been awesome. I can't wait to see him in this series. It, I just thought of this too. Like when we're thinking about lack of size going up against Embiid. Like, how about how the last what three years 
they had DeAndre Jordan for two years and then Andre Drummond last year. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden now, now their backup center is Moses Brown, who <laughs> just doesn't see the floor in the NBA. And, I mean, I can't imagine they're unless it's to foul and beat. I can't imagine you're throwing Moses Brown in there, but I would hope the not. size difference of these teams is, is just going to be, I mean, that's going to be the thing. That's going to be the thing yeah. that is just so harmful to the Nets chances in the series, but we'll see. You know, obviously they're going to have to game plan for something. Um, do you think yeah. they give them a series, or do you think this is a Philly four and four games, five games? I think it's probably Philly and five, but I would not be surprised if they do some Philly shit and fuck up a few games here because yeah. it's it's possible. I I think I honestly think the role players of the Nets are kind of better than the role players on the Sixers. I, I know this – I don't yeah. know. It's it's tough to say because the Nets role players are also their star players <laughs> because they right. – uh, Aside from Mikel, like you don't really have anyone that's like a standout guy. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's it's tough. I, I, think, I think the Nets have enough shooters and enough wing defense that they could steal a couple games in this series. Mm-hmm. But I, I think Philly in five is going to be my pick. Okay. I think I'm taking six. I think I think that I they think get it to six. Me too. Yeah. So that means I like the Nets I series so. plus two and a half games right now, plus yeah. one thirty, plus two and a half. I'll take the Nets plus two and a half there. I think it goes six. Yeah, I mean, I, I would I would rather that. I, I would love to see more basketball. I would love to see the Nets win this series. But I don't mm. think any of us are taking that though. Um, let's let's go to let's finish up with Western Conference here. Two series to talk about. This is where the drama. I mean, the getting drama in the first round is fantastic. We have yes. Russell Westbrook versus Kevin Durant in the first <sighs> round of the NBA playoffs. Oh, sign we me up. CP3 playing against the Clippers in the first round of the playoffs. We we have all the storylines here. Russ, KD, I'm just, just so excited to see the first game where they just – you know they're going to get into it in some capacity in oh, game easily. one. It's going to be amazing. It just – the thing that sucks about the series is Paul George probably won't be there this yeah. entire series. And I think that changes the whole series. Oh, really everything. Do. Changes everything. He's, you know, he's a guy – he's an extra guy who can defend on book throughout yeah. the game and KD. He can switch on to Durant as well. And then just, you know, if they're not getting offense from someone other than Kawhi. Which has been a problem. It, yeah, yeah, it's going to show, and it's going to show in this series when you're you're going up against Booker and Kevin Durant on the other side. But yeah. uh, what are your guys' early thoughts slash predictions about this? Well, like we were talking about a little bit before the uh, the show, is that I'm going to jump on Phoenix early and often because I think that value is going to shift the way they look early on in this series. Katie has just been awesome, and you know what those guys like. Katie and Booker are killers. We know that. Like, you know that game one, especially, they're going to come out and want to make a statement in that game. I just don't know if anybody, if those guys are playing at their peak in the West in the playoffs, I don't know who's going to be able to touch them a lot night to night. Um, if you're able to mess with Booker a little bit, I don't think you can mess with KD. KD no. is not like, KD is going to be unstoppable. And if he's the only thing that's going to stop KD is KD. His, what are his splits that it ended up in 50 games? 
Did, did we did you God, see those pop up on the tweet the other day absurd. because he tweeted about it through 48 games and i think it was 49 60 and 91 or something so he's a full instead of a 50 40 90 he was a 60 40 90 guy this year which is just <laughs> ridiculous absolutely insane what the um, he can do and I think if he played, if he didn't get hurt, would have won my MVP. Was probably my MVP earlier in the year, even on Brooklyn <laughs> before he got hurt. And that's crazy that on two teams he would have been. He's just been awesome. And I think that the Clippers, even with Paul George, would have been tough. Would have been tough for me to pick them against this Phoenix team. They haven't slowed down when he's been on the court. So I think Durant with the Phoenix this year. So far, he's shooting 57 from the field, 54% from three, and 84% from the free throw line. It's just, it's like, he's just not missing. 54% from three. Why is that going to stop? With and then on the year overall, 56 from the field, 40 from three, 92% from the line. I mean, it just doesn't miss. And, and like I said, the big thing here is there's no Paul George, right? That's like it's LeBron so much, in 2013. LeBron in 2013 was scoring 55 from the field and not, he wasn't shooting 40% from three either. No, (laughs) I mean, KD's just not missing. He just hasn't had a full season. So people don't realize how good he still is. Um, As much as I love Mikael Bridges, they got a big upgrade with Kevin Durant in Phoenix. And the big thing here is the Clippers have just been so bad defensively in the second half of this year. And now you lose Paul George, who's probably your second best defender I gotta go. I gotta go with the Suns here, and I think, and maybe the Clippers get one or two, but I think the Suns win this pretty easy. And I think you're right, Jake. If you like the Suns, if you think the Suns are as good as they've looked so far, I think they're what still undefeated, right? When Booker and Katie are on the court at the same time, if you do like them in that terms, you gotta take them now. You yeah. gotta take them now because it's gonna go down. And it's gonna go down quick in terms, especially of the because of the path. Like they, yeah. the Phoenix Clippers winner will most likely face the Nuggets. And so you avoid like that that other side of the bracket. It Phoenix would, end would smoke up. the Nuggets. They would. Yeah, they'd smoke the Nuggets in a playoff series. I'm sorry, like I know the Nuggets the one seed. They, they've been great. The Phoenix would smoke them in a playoff series. And you're looking at the other side where you have the Lakers, Warriors, Kings, Grizzlies. Like that's mm-hmm. the that's the bracket of death, Agreed. really, in, Agreed. in the league right now. I think so. That's a, it's a favorable matchup for Phoenix to if they kind of if they assert dominance here. I think they, like you said, match up favorably with Denver, Dunny, and then they're in the West Finals with Kevin yeah. Durant. If they're in the West Finals, like everybody's just going to be like, oh my God, this team is, yeah. they're destined. Yeah, I, th- I think we're all in agreement with this series and then just the outlook of the Suns going forward. It sucks, man. Like, I wish, I wish George was healthy. I still think I would mm-hmm. lean Suns in this series, mm-hmm. but I mean, what a It'd different a series close. this would be. Oh, it would be so much, yeah. Paul George is playing. Agreed. Um, you know, we'll see if Kawhi has that 2019 Kawhi What's somewhere around there. Yeah. We'll see. Um, we get Kawhi, also- but we get Kawhi and Russ versus KD and CP3 and Booker regardless, though. Like, that's, oh, it's amazing. that's just awesome. The, the drama alone is <laughs> going to be fucking awesome, man. Um, and then last matchup we're going to talk about today, the beam versus the death. Like the beam. What a series this could or could no not be. No Cal going to war. 
It is, oh, yeah. No it is a no, no, that, no this Cal is going to be a vicious rival. Those teams do not like each other. Kings fans hate the war. I mean, it's little bro and big bro too, like here. And and the Kings, the three seed, still going to be little bro this whole series. Like we said, what did you say, Dunny? Before I think the you said the Warriors one point favorites, one and a half point favorites. For game I saw one. one and a half point favorites for, for game tonight one, yeah. for the first in, game. I think it's yeah. Kings minus one now. It gets oh, tanks oh. minus one, so it moved a little bit. It's still right around I'll the pick the Warriors, then. But I yeah. think that's how the series is going to go for me, though. I honestly believe, and I, I like the Warriors. I think the Warriors are a great team. We, we've talked about the Warriors. You're not doubting Steph Curry in the playoffs. Getting Wiggins back is a huge boost. This is a tough matchup for the Kings. There's something about this Kings team. I don't think they're going to go down without a fight. I'm not mm-hmm. going to pick against the Warriors. I think at the end of the day, it's Steph Curry and whatever you can do, you, there's nothing stopping that man several times. But I think the Kings make this six or seven, and I'm going to go out here to say this could probably go seven and be one of the all-time best first-round series we've seen because I think Ooh. it's not only going to be a long series, but I think it's going to be an exciting series yep. with two teams – that can score 45 points in a quarter just like that. Yep. Like at will. Two About teams just like that the way like they the, play. Like the oh, like did yesterday. <laughs> insanity. But that's the thing. You have two teams and not only just their starting lineups coming off the bench too. You have two of the best scoring guards off the bench in Monk and Jordan Poole. Like yeah. these are two teams yep. that it's going to be fun from start to finish no matter who's on the court. I like the rosters both ways. I think the only kind of awkward, not even awkward, but – Weird one for the Warriors will be Sabonis. It'll be interesting to see how the Kings use him, how the Warriors want to match up against Sabonis. My guess is Draymond. A lot of Draymond, a lot of Draymond, Draymond on Sabonis yeah. would be my guess, even though Sabonis is – We haven't seen game. Wiggins yet. I would assume he plays game threat. one though, right? I would assume yeah. so. I would assume so. But um, I'll I'll take the Warriors, but I think this is going to be one of the best first-round series we'll see. And I hadn't even thought of this, dude. Harrison Barnes. The Harrison yeah. Barnes. Harrison Barnes, Harrison Barnes <laughs> yeah. little revenge there. Exactly, Let's dude. Go, it's going to be a great series. Just the narratives, too, alone. Like we said, like the no-cal thing. Like there's this is going to be a lot of juice in those arenas, especially in Sacramento. A lot of hatred yeah. towards those Warriors fans that are going to be visiting in there, I'm sure. Um, the fact that this is Sacramento breaking a, what, 15-year playoff drought? 16. 16-year yeah. playoff drought and the Warriors so being the Warriors. Like, the fact that that's who they get to match up against, regardless of the rivalry, but just the status in the league. Like, it's and the fact that they're the higher seed in that matchup, too, and no one's going to be oh. picking them and everything else. I think high variance is exactly what, what you're saying, Steve, is what I'm expecting. Like there's going to be a game where Sacramento wins by like 40. There's going to be mm-hmm. a game where Golden State wins by 40. Obviously, that's going to be Golden State at home. It could be. That's what we're going to have, like in my opinion. It's just going to be the, yeah. the home teams win every game, and then we go to game seven, and it's like, are you really going to pick against the Warriors in game seven against Sacramento? Right. And that's what we're going to have to decide. And I I don't know if I, I can do that. I don't, I've been scarred too many times. So I will that's say, what I come down to. I will say the Warriors who can't win on the road – they did win their last two road games. Now, granted, they were playing. Well, Portland, Portland was not even a Portland, D-League team. Portland was not even a team. And I think when they played the Kings, I think the Kings played their starters, but I don't think it was like I don't think they played them the, the whole Kings. Game. Yeah. No, yeah. They don't no, they didn't even play their stars that game. Okay. So it's but it's still two road wins. And regardless of who you beat, progress. It's at least, it's at least, but that's, 
but a confidence boost is what the Warriors <laughs> yeah. need to win on the road, especially going into a playoff series. I think they're going to be so. – I don't think it matters. I think in the playoffs, the Warriors are going to step on the court and be like, who gives a fuck what our road record looked like yeah. in the regular season? We're the Steph Curry's going to be like, oh, I'll drop 46 yeah. yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> and, and the Kings are a team. You can do that against. Exactly. If you want to try to score 45 against the Kings, the Kings are going to be trying to score as quickly with you. So – Regardless of what happens yeah. with the Warriors in this series, Curry is must-watch TV because you know he's going to oh, go it's... down with the ship and he's going to go down shooting like 35 times a night if he has to. It's, it's going to be is... awesome. The more I look at these rosters, though, this is a much more interesting matchup than I was giving it credit it's for. So good, it, no, I think it's going to be I, a really and think about series. And think about really how much do. the team – Mike Brown was on Steve Kerr's bench for how yeah. long. Yeah. These exactly. teams know everything about each other, too. Like, all yeah. their sets, everything. They're going to know. It's going to be nuts. And, like, we talked about – like, I th- I was here. I am thinking, like, Wiggins was going to be, like, this big mismatch. But, I mean, I think the not only has Harrison Barnes been quietly just so solid since he left the Warriors, I think there's going to be a little added chip on his shoulder. Like, being oh, like, absolutely. oh, this is, this is the guy that you guys had replaced me. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Okay, now I get to see him in, in a, a full-on first-round playoff series. And then, you know, we love Steph and Clay. I think they're going to get theirs this entire series. We talked about it. I think the the fact that the Kings like to play fast bodes well for these two. Yeah. But they are going to have to deal with Fox, Monk, yeah. Davion Mitchell, just three guys who play fast as hell. They all play, tr- at least try to play defense. Like they're going to be up in, the, in mm-hmm. those guys. Uh, yeah. And then you guys mentioned it. Draymond's probably going to be on Sabonis the whole series. I like Sabonis in that matchup. Like, yeah, yeah, me more too. times than me not. Too. Just think Sabonis has, has been arguably a top five player post All Star break. You, he might get. I, he like, might be he a top are, five MVP guy, honestly. Too. Yeah, he might get in. He's gonna MVP get votes. Vote. He's and gonna get votes. Also, Fox, the most clutch player in the NBA by far this season, which is True. important to note in this game, which could have True. a bunch of close games, and we're gonna be looking at Curry. I think we could see Fox an overtime awesome. game in this series. I really do. I game think one. Give really it to me Saturday night, baby. If there's an overtime game in the series, the they will literally both eclipse 200 points, I think. <laughs> yeah, honestly. True. Like that, what was that one game earlier? The in Clippers, the Clippers, Clippers game was like 170 yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah that was the crazy. Friday night I've had in so long. We were just sitting there playing Xbox uh, One. Kings, just the score going up like a fucking yo. jackpot, like a uh, uh, slot machine, just flying. That's what we're getting from this. It's going to be nuts. It's so amazing. going to be nuts. It's got, um, here's the interesting thing, though, before we go here, the last thing I want to touch on here is this this West bracket that we're talking about because we talked about the other side. But if the Warriors, whoever wins this series, we mm-hmm. I, I don't know what we're talking about if the Lakers win, Lakers-Grizzlies. I'm picking the Lakers. You guys know that. I think that's, yeah. obvious. that's pretty obvious. We could end though. up, though, that way with the Lakers- Warriors against either Phoenix or Denver on one side. And then you look at that east side of potentially Milwaukee and Cleveland or the Knicks, which I think the NBA would be happy with either of those at this point. And Boston, Philly, that's as good of a semi or yeah. a conference semifinals eight. Yeah. That I've remembered in a long time, like with the stories that you could get out of those and everything. And even if Sacramento, even and if Sacramento, this, either one of those teams too in there would be great. If it's Memphis and Sacramento or one of those teams against the Lakers or the Warriors, great stories there too. Yeah, the players, the star power. Whew. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, uh, we yeah. could be looking at the best second round ever. 
We really and we have, and we'll we have a crazy road to get there too. Yeah, I I, awesome I do. Course. I think it's going to be one of the best first rounds we'll see in a while because, like Same. you said, there's a ton of ton of good teams, and we talked about this last week. But the Western lower seeds are going to be favored in these series, which the Warriors are favored against the Kings. It's kind of crazy, but. That means we're I don't think the Lakers will be basketball. favored. It might be like minus one ten. No, it'll be close against Memphis. Like and I think yeah. it'd be close. Yeah. Closer, but the Warriors. I'm not surprised that they're favored. Not at all. No, neither am I. But yeah, I just can't wait. I think this is the most competitive basketball we'll see in the early rounds in the playoffs in a while. All right, should be amazing. That was our play-in slash first round of the playoffs. Look ahead. Uh, we'll be back on later this week to discuss more. But for oh, now, yeah. that will do it for Happy Hour Hoops. For Steve, Jake, and myself, follow at Happy Hour Hoops 1. Follow Trainwreck Sports. Follow the three of us. And enjoy the NBA play-in slash playoffs. Yes, sir. Later, guys.